all the time, obviously, but you know, just hearing it is a big encouragement. You know, it's a it's a great encouragement to hear what God is doing in other people's lives, and you never know if it's going to help someone where they are. And uh, just God is good, and praise the Lord. I can't tell you what a blessing it was to me <laughs> waking up. The wor- the room is spinning. I have a headache. And, you know, that makes that she sent out a text to the kids and the kids start panicking, you know, and uh, in my defense, he's woken up twice in the middle of a stroke. Right. So when he wakes yeah. up with a headache and dizziness, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, first thing my son says is, was that exercising last night? <laughs> OK, so uh, we are picking up uh, in Philippians chapter two, just uh, just get us caught up where we are, starting in verse four. Look, not every man on his own things. But every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made him, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it helps us also understand just how important it is that those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior acknowledge him in, you know, in, in every way that God gives us. If it's just a matter of, uh, you know, being a Christian out in the open and not hiding it uh, so or, or praising his name, just like we were just talking about, or in, in whatever way God gives us, we should acknowledge what Jesus Christ has done in every one of our lives so that other people can know. And there's never been a time I can't think of how America has ever been more needy than they are now, that Americans need to know there is a savior and that every person needs him as their savior. And so we cannot afford to keep that to ourselves. We need to acknowledge him and uh, just ask God to put his words in our mouths and give us a grace to speak when in, when we can or, or at the very least or in conjunction with that to live as a Christian like Christ. And so we already started this this handout, the life of Joseph, it's thumbnail image of Christ. Does anyone not have this handout? OK. All right. We, <laughs> we got to get so if someone could hand a, uh, could give up a handout, a clean handout so that Melissa can make copies. Thank you. We'll get you a copy. One second. All right. So the life of Joseph, a thumbnail image of Christ, just to catch us up. Joseph was Joseph's life was an amazing uh, foreshadowing of the life of Christ, but was no more than a thumbnail image of Christ's humility and exaltation. So we already looked at letter I there. Genesis 37. Joseph was hated um, and betrayed by his brethren. And um, and then uh, number two, where we are. And uh, so this is back in Genesis. And uh, we've already looked at 37. Uh, he was hated by his brethren. He was uh, they wanted to kill him, but instead decided to sell him as a slave. And so in Genesis chapter 39, we're picking up right now. Genesis 39. I'm, I'm kind of rushing a little bit because I, I don't want this to be put. On. I wish I'd, I'd done this. wish I'd been able to do this in one Sunday. Uh, but anyway, so Genesis 39, it's here in your notes. Joseph was faithful in Potiphar's house and God blessed him and Potiphar and the house. And so, again, Joseph was faithful with his father. He was uh, he, he did what he was supposed to do. And uh, now um, in Gen- Genesis 39, as he's been sold as a slave to uh, Potiphar, who is a captain of the guard, a captain of Pharaoh's guard, um, he is he's faithful there. And again, we talked about this already, that it's easy when you're in a circumstance where you don't think things are fair. And, and we we all know this. We're all adults in this room. <laughs> 
that it's just common to look at this, say this isn't fair and adopt a negative outlook. And again, we're all human here. We all know how easy it is to to look at things from a negative view. You know, this isn't fair. It's not the way it should be. I wasn't doing anything wrong. And it really, you know, a lot of people uh, <laughs> come to that perspective, regardless of whether or not they actually were wrong. I've heard Albie and other people say that there's no guilty people in prison. Everybody was framed. Everybody was set up. <laughs> but even but look at Joseph. Joseph was actually the record is, is he was a good person doing what his father wanted him to do. And his brethren hated him. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Okay. Christ left heaven. Yeah. And not too many of us would choose to leave our right. heaven. And that's that's actually what we've been taught. That's actually why we're here in this uh, this this study of Joseph is because of what an amazing parallel Joseph's life was to the Lord Jesus. So Joseph was faithful in Potiphar's house, and God blessed him and Potiphar and the house. So we read one through six last week. But just recapping that, that Joseph was faithful and God blesses him. Potiphar can see God's blessings and puts everything in his hands, puts everything in Joseph's hands. And God blesses everything for Joseph's sake. And uh, I just wanted to pause real quick right there and say what Potiphar did was very wise. Uh, you know, he recognizes God's blessing, what Joseph is doing. And so he puts everything in his hands. And I just want to say that that's a very good example for us. Not to hoard our lives to ourselves, but to put everything in Jesus' hands as quickly as we can. Recognize God's blessings on my life is, is what we all need, not just what we should desire, but God's blessings on our lives. And that doesn't mean that everything will go perfectly, but it means that God's blessings will, will, will make things go in a way that is pleasing to God and we will be blessed in the, in the situation. Even in undesirable circumstances, you can be blessed. And again, it's back to that thought of praises. You know, and, and you look at uh, Paul and Silas who were in the Philippian jail who sang praises to God at midnight and their scriptures record and the prisoners heard them. You know, so much of us, so, many, so much of the time are always, you know, under the impression that, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to bother anybody. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to cause anybody to be put out. You know what? We should just be careful to praise God all the time and uh, and God empowering us to do so. We can sing praises to God at midnight, even at a prison house. And so uh, here in your notes, letter A here under number two, uh, it says uh, verse seven through 20 Potiphar's wife tempted him. So day by day, she tempted him to lie with her. And Joseph refused, verses 8 and 9. Let me go ahead and read that. And so, verse 8, verse 7, I'm sorry. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. And he hath committed all that he hath into my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither, can he, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I want you to notice how succinctly Joseph addressed this matter. She's saying, lie with me. And he says, I can't. And he, gave, he gives <laughs> all the right reasons. He says, my master has trusted everything into me, into my hands. And, uh, and the only thing he hasn't given to me is you because you're his wife. And, he's, and then he, he caps this entire discussion off with, 
uh, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Listen again, that that is a capstone for how we should lead our lives. This is right in God's eyes. This is not right in God's eyes. This is the way I need to live my life because this is what is right in God's eyes. Or I, I can't go this way. I can't do this thing because it's not right in God's eyes. And that's there's nothing more important than that perspective. And so uh, Potiphar's wife tempted him day by day. Joseph refused. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Let her be. Potiphar put, puts Joseph in prison. You see that in verse 20. So, there, well, let me go ahead and read this. I, I don't like leaving things out. So we're just going to do this quickly. Uh, verse 10. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie to her, lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And uh, and by the way, you notice there there was no discussion. Joseph just left. And uh, and listen, that was wise. However, this is uh, this is how that plays out. Um, and uh, verse 14, that she called unto the men of the house and spake unto them, saying, see, see, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. So let's skip on down to verse uh, verse uh, 19. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, after this matter, did thy servant unto, uh, to me that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him in, into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in prison. Look at verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper again. It would be desirable for every Christian to be so in, uh, trustworthy that, that every person would say, OK, whatever I put into this, this, this man or this woman's hands, I don't have to worry about because they're going to be a person of integrity. They're going to take care of it. And Joseph was obviously, again, put in a position nobody would want to be in for doing what's right. And then seemingly, according to a man's eyes, being punished for it. I mean, I think my my first words is no good deed goes unpunished. Look at me. Here I am. <laughs> but listen, nothing has spiraled out of God's control. That's that's probably one of the key things to get out of this passage. Out of out of Joseph's life, things have not gone out of control. This is exactly where Joseph needs to be. And from Joseph's perspective, can he see that? Not the whole picture. But things have not gone out of God's control. God's bringing about his plan. His plan is so extraordinary. Nobody could possibly have anticipated this. Listen, God is always working in that way. He's always working in a way in which we can barely understand the smallest fraction of what God is doing. God is that big. His plans are that big. And so, listen, we need to understand if God sat down and explained every little thing to us, it would it would ever overwhelm us. We are finite. God's plans are infinite. God himself can't be compressed to a place where we can understand what he's doing. So our place is to trust in him and to say, if I am here, this and, and I'm, you know, and, and listen, we, we can make bad choices, too. Can I get an amen there? And we can live under the results of those bad decisions. But if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and things go foul, 
then listen, that's not that's not because God is unfaithful. And unfortunately, Satan is very clever the way he manages to always show up on the scene to, to blame God when things go bad. And how, how many people take that bait? I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone blaming God for their own stupid decisions. Let me just step out from the Sunday school pulpit for a second. <laughs> when I was uh, 18, I think it was, my friend uh, also turned 18. And uh, not being any wiser than we were, we celebrated in the typical 18-year-old fashion. Can I just leave it there? Would that be okay? Okay, so... <laughs> So my friend wanted to do something stupid and I drove him to it and waited in the car for him to get in trouble <laughs> to, to, to listen, just kind of leave me there for a second. We both ended up getting arrested. And uh, so my friend on the way to the uh, to the police station is blaming God <laughs> for, for the stupid thing that he did. And I, for not having any more sense than I did, at least turned to him and thought, you idiot. <laughs> Melissa. He was, they're going to imagine horrible things. <laughs> His friend wanted to climb up the wall to the girl he likes window in the middle of the night and bang on the window and say hello. No, he did worse than that. He actually tried to crawl in. And the father comes out with a gun. Yeah. And calls the police because he doesn't know who this kid is. And he's the driver, so they both go in. Yeah. There was no charges pressed. So anyway, so my friend, my friend on the way to the police station is saying, God, why are you doing this to me? Now, listen, let me tell you, that friend of mine was smarter than I was more as far as IQ. He was smarter than me. He was, you know, had all he was better looking than me. He was everything better than me. But at this point in time, he blames God that he crawled up to some girl's house and tried to climb in. God didn't tell you to do that. Anyway, my point being is that we in our extremely flawed thinking always go to the wrong conclusion. So here again, it's very important for us to recognize God is the only one who knows his business on planet Earth today. The rest of us need God's guidance. We need to hold on to him every day, all day long. And if you don't, you can be sure you will go astray. And so, listen, God is faithful. That's the bottom line. And, uh, and so our place is also, whatever happens to us, we need to try to follow the Lord, hold on to Him the best we can. And whatever turns our lives take, we need to trust in God. And even if you have messed up, you could put it in God's hands and say, Lord, I, I've messed up. And sin needs to be confessed. And stupid decisions need to be confessed. All of it. Lay it in His hands and say, Lord, I need Your... I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your help. That's all of us all the time anyway. And so um, Joseph is faithful in prison. And, uh, but the Lord is with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of, uh, of the keeper of the prison. So uh, number three, there at the bottom of page one, is Joseph is faithful and serves. That is, that is the ideal. Joseph is faithful and serves. So in pr letter A at the top of page two, in prison, Joseph accurately interprets the dreams of Pharaoh's chief butler and chief baker. And so that's in uh, uh, chapter 40. And so it came to pass after the things after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two, two of his officers and uh, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them. And they continued in season, uh, continued in a season in ward. Excuse me. And so 
in that prison, they dreamed in one night, uh, um, uh, they both dreamed, and Joseph accurately gave the interpretation of those dreams. One, but the butler was restored. The baker was hanged. And so that's, uh, we don't know what those circumstances were, what those guys did, but that's the way things played out. And Joseph prop, uh, uh, perfectly interpreted their dreams. And so number four here at the top of, near the top of page two, Genesis 41 is uh, Joseph was raised from prison to Pharaoh's right hand. So look at one, we're going to read this, verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. And behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came out of the, out of the river seven well-favored kine, fat-fleshed, and, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind upon the brink, kine upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke. awoke. And uh, he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up, on, came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke. And behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. And by the way, God does this many times in the scriptures where people are funneled to a place where there's no answers. Nobody on earth has any answers. And so I want you to notice what, what uh, Joseph says. And so um, in verse 14, it says, uh, so the, the butler remembered uh, Joseph. <laughs> so uh, he said um, uh, that Joseph interpreted his dream a- accurately. So verse 14, uh, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst, thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. Praise God for this. His answer is, it's not in me. And he says, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Verse 17. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, in my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river and behold, there came out up out of the river, seven kind, fat fleshed and well favored. And they fed in a meadow and behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill favored and lean flesh, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill favored kind did eat up the first seven, first seven fat kind. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them up, but they were still ill favored. As at the beginning, so I awoke and I saw in my dream and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk full and good and behold, seven ears withered thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them and the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one and the seven thin and ill favored kind that came up after them are seven years and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I've spoken to Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt and there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine shall consume the land and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine that follow uh, following for it shall be great, very grievous. Uh, and for that God hath dub- was, I'm sorry, and that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established before God by God and it, God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet, discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. 
and let him appoint uh, uh, officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in seven year in seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in, in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven uh, years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And you know what's interesting about this? And God often does this in just a few, you know, what did it take just a couple of minutes to read this? <laughs> Joseph not only gives the interpretation of the dream, but an unsolvable problem. And then he gives unsolvable my man and he gives God's solution and he gives it all to them in just a matter of minutes. And he didn't even promote himself. He said, let Pharaoh seek out a wise and discreet man to do this. And so, you know, again, God is always there with the answers. If only man would quickly turn to God with his needs. That is always, always the, the, the message that we need to get. And listen, we've, we've said this before, and this is true. That there will be times in our lives and we are in desperate need and God could very well have designed it that way so that we would be brought to his feet. Because so much of man is so content so much of the time to live apart from God. And even Christians are living without God's leadership in their lives. And that is a disastrous way to live for the saved and the lost. Every man needs God in his life every day, all day long. And it's a mystery that a great deal of the world is ignorant of. That man needs God. And so anyway, we're back to this, uh, this wonderful scenario that God has put forth to the king of the world, Pharaoh. So Pharaoh dreamed the dream, didn't know the interpretation. None of the men of Egypt could answer. Egypt, by the way, is often a picture of the world in Scripture. It's uh, it's it's a pretty extraordinary thing. This this uh, it's like a it's like a parable, <laughs> but it's uh, it's just so complete. And so um, so Pharaoh exalts Joseph, and uh, we saw that in in, uh, in verses thirty seven through forty five. Oh, no, we didn't. I'm sorry. Thirty seven. Here we are. We're going to have to read quickly. And the thing was good in fair in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. And according to thy word, shall all my people be ruled only in the throne. Will I be greater than, th than thou? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, see, I've set thee over the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Paneah. And he gave him to wife Azaneth, the daughter of Potiphera, a priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Now, listen, it's very important to get from this, this important picture. Joseph was at one day in the in the dungeon and the same day he is made Second to Pharaoh. And to listen to what, what Pharaoh said. He says, only in the throne will I be greater than, than you. Now listen, the Lord Jesus is, has gone down a path very similar. He left heaven's glory. And he became a man, dwelt among men. And listen, there was nothing bad about planet earth that Jesus deserved. But he lived a life of humility. 
And like it says back in Philippians, where it says uh, in Philippians chapter two, um, uh, okay, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so again, the Lord Jesus, he went further down than Joseph went down. And, and that's so many things about this that it, that's why it's only a thumbnail image of Christ. Only a thumbnail image of his story. Because the Lord Jesus went so much further down. And he suffered. The Lord Jesus suffered in ways that cannot be comprehended by mankind. Not only in, in, the, in the physical things he suffered, but the, the spiritual weight of the sin of the world. From all generations, from Adam to the last man, someday in the future. All sins laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He suffered in that way and it can't even be imagined. And so the, the depth of the range that the Lord Jesus went down could not even be comprehended. But Joseph was a thumbnail, a, a quick sketch to give people an idea of what Messiah would do in the same way. And so uh, Pharaoh exalts Joseph that that late, huh? OK. All right. <laughs> so uh, listen, the, the reason why the, the thing that Joseph uh, about Joseph that that really, really made me think about that passage or from from Philippians two is where it says um, and for, verse 42 and Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck and made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And Pharaoh is is pretty much the king of the world. <laughs> Pharaoh was the the, the 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 world power. And so when he said, bow the knee before Joseph, the entire world was <laughs> was under the authority of Pharaoh. And he said, bow the knee before this man. It didn't matter that he came from a dungeon. It didn't matter what people liked or didn't like about Joseph. When the Pharaoh says, bow the knee to Joseph, the whole world bows down. And listen, the Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter what people think about him in this world right now. It doesn't matter if there's people out there cursing religion and cursing Christianity and, and, and actually hating God. And you see that in Romans 1, that people have become haters of God. It doesn't matter that that's what's happening. It doesn't matter how they feel about religion. It doesn't matter about these things. What, ma- what the truth is, is all will bow down before the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because God can force them to, but because he is the Lord. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And all of creation will acknowledge that undeniable truth right now. People are living in the world and we all realize and understand that there is deception everywhere. As a matter of fact, it's hard to find truth in our world. So people are, are overwhelmingly brought low by deception. That's what Satan does. He deceives people. But someday the truth will be laid bare. Our place in this time is to declare the truth. And if people will hear this person's lie and this person's truth and decide I'm going to listen to the lie, I can't help that. What I can help is whether or not I testify, whether or not I tell people Jesus is my savior, my king, my Lord. I bow before him now. That's what we are supposed to do is acknowledge him and bow before him. Yes, ma'am. Uh, miseducation holds minds in captivity. Yes. We're living in a time of of the word of the Lord. Right. And that will be no longer. I mean, it will be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
the true kingdom of God is depicted or the way you can identify it as different is it's not on a multiplying mission, a magical multiplying mission. When the true kingdom of God comes on the scene, it consumes all other kingdoms. Uh, and it's not trying to multiply another version of itself. It's just consuming them all. Yeah, God seems to be content to allow... I, don't, I'm, I, I probably shouldn't put it this way, but anyway, the, the, the world is what it is. People are... Being about, there are deceptions and there is, again, truth. And people that know the truth, we are to proclaim the truth. And people get to decide. You know, God does not make anyone choose any way. People choose the way they want to choose. Now, listen, it's not, it's not just me and my words against them and their words. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us grace to speak and also convicts hearts. And in their hearts, people decide... Which way to go? And listen, there are, again, we talked about this a lot too. We're, we're closing up, brother. <laughs> uh, we, people in their hearts choose to go a different way. Because, and the Lord Jesus says this in John chapter 3 light is coming to the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. That is the core of the issue. People are choosing not to accept Christ at, at, at some level simply because they love darkness. And listen, that is the the ultimately scary truth is that man in this self. And and, and we've talked about this as well. And we have to close right here. But man can even turn away from God under the guise or the foolish excuses of convenience that I can't do that right now. I'm going to do that someday. And they go off to hell because they didn't want to do it at the time. And the Bible says that now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. God doesn't tell any man that it's wise to wait. He says, get saved right now. Believe in me right now. Don't delay. Do this right now because you don't have a promise of tomorrow. We see people in the news dropping dead. Young people on the on the sports fields dropping dead in the middle of, of doing things. Strong, healthy people. Nobody has a guarantee of tomorrow. God says to turn to him today for everything, for salvation, for eternity, but also for the here and now. The things you're facing right now, don't try it. Don't trust it to yourself. We need God to help us. We need to to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and be his people, his disciples. It's the only way to make it through this world, bringing glory to him. Because if we do things our own way, we will dishonor his name. So we need the Lord. We need to follow him very closely. So uh, we did not finish. We will try to finish next week. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. We do thank you for the truth of who you are. And we thank you for the grace that you give us. And we thank you for getting to gather here together in this place and praise your name for you are worthy. Please help us to praise your name every day, all day long. Help us to give glory to you for you. You are, Lord, so worthy of our, our praise and all of our honor. Please bless in the coming hour. Give pastor the words to say. Give us all ears to hear and hearts to receive and help us to be changed and help us leave here rejoicing, we pray. Thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.